Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting edge mind, body, spirit, healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you all of their wisdom, their tools, so that you can move beyond your fear, self-doubt, limiting belief systems, so that you can heal pain, illness, and trauma. I am your host, Tanya Penny, and I'm an occupational therapist and a vibrant body and abundant life coach. I'm here because I am devoted to supporting you to have a healthy body, a peaceful mind, and balanced lifestyle so that you can fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and ultimate freedom. So today, I am excited to share the wisdom of Morella DeVoe as we dive into nurturing your body. Just a reminder that this is live, you guys. So if you have any questions, we're going to save a little time at the end. And if you're on the phone, you can raise your hand, star two. If you are on the webcast, you can submit your questions in the box. And yes, there should be a box somewhere on the screen. It moves around, bottom, top, side. <laughs> so go ahead and find the box and you can submit your questions, comments, ahas in that box if you would like. Or if you're on the phone, again, star two. So a little bit about Barella before we dive into this much needed conversation, especially, I would say, especially at this time on the planet. So Morella helps people turn their most difficult challenges into their greatest source of strength. She's a believer that everyone is meant to thrive in every dimension of life. Morella arrived at this unshakable belief, having healed herself on many levels. Physically, she healed her body after struggling with cystic acne and hormone issues for over a decade. Emotionally, she healed the wounds from sexual assault and ancestral trauma. Mentally and spiritually, Morella has found ever-expansive thriving as she replaces old subconscious beliefs with a greater mastery of her mind. Morella holds two master degrees in counseling from Columbia University. She's also a certified clinical hypnotherapist, a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, and a holistic nutrition coach and Reiki master. Welcome, Morella. Thank you, Tanya. It's such a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Yes, two sisters from another mister. Um, as we I know. were talking <laughs> as we were chatting before we officially went live, we just have so much in common and I'm just so happy that I know amongst your busy schedule and I know you have a launch coming up that you could be here with us live today. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, let's see what unfolds today. I really, you know, I, I believe all of the 10 keys that I cover are very important in order to healing, uh, to fully healing. And Nurturing your body, whether it's nutrition, movement, rest, restful activities, and all the other things that we do to nurture it, I think is just so needed right now, um, especially in a world culture that has been so masculine and so kind of drive, 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 push, 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 do, 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 forget what the body says, listen to the mind. I think it's really time um, as part of that kind of feminine balance that's needed to come back that we're really focusing on nurturing our body. Um, yeah. Absolutely. What do you, what are you feeling? What are you feeling about that? <laughs> well, you know, I can't, I can't hear you say those words without connecting with 
the energy of the times that we're in. You know, as two women, I assume that there are a lot of women on this call and in your listeners, although I'm sure there are lots of men as well. But, um, you know, I hear you say the words, you know, the imbalance of the masculine and feminine, and that's obviously what's been in our environment in the last few weeks. And, you know, I think in general, in, 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 preparation for this call, I think, as I sat with the question, how do I nurture my body? Definitely balance uh, is is the first thing that comes to mind and balancing that kind of drive, the masculine drive, the do, do, do. I am the most relentless taskmaster of myself. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> uh, as, a, as a recovering straight-A student, um, I, I need to To really remind myself to to come back to balance. To to it happened today in the middle of my busyness. I was just noticing I am so tired and mm. not productive, and it's because I'm out of balance. So I need to stop and take a nap and go for a walk, and you know, and that's the more nurturing feminine energy. Um, and well, I'll I'll say more about what I what I. Mean mean about the the background of the masculine and feminine that we're in right now um i don't want to get ahead of myself um, <laughs> feel free if you forgot it to share it now go for it sister well and yeah so you know one of the things my you and i again are very similar in how we look at health and life and you know everything is intertwined right so I'm not super familiar with your 10 keys for 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 health and thriving and you know a a vibrant body. Um I tend to look at everything in life and in health through four kind of four perspectives, four angles and I call them body, mind, heart and spirit. You know, body what's at the very physical level, right? Mind, you know, what are the thoughts and the beliefs? Heart, what are the emotions? You mentioned the trauma, the ancestral stuff. Um, and spirit, right? What's what's our connectedness with, with source, with alignment, with the divine, with grace, with nature, whatever we want to call it. So I, I look at all of these things. So what's what's very alive for me tonight, these days, these last couple of weeks, is in the environment that we're in, um, you know, politically in this country of the imbalance of the feminine and masculine, I find that I can't help but feel kind of the heartbreak in the collective feminine at this in this moment, you know? And so I I as as I think about nurturing our bodies, I think, okay, what is required for me to nurture myself to take care of my physical body given what I'm feeling at this deep, deep level on a personal level and a collective level. And so, you know, I booked a massage and I went and got a massage. Um, and so so that's what I – that was the first thing that popped to mind when you started mentioning the the masculine mm. and, the, and the feminine uh, just as you were opening the question. Yeah, I think – for so long now, we have been, <clears throat> we've kind of been conditioned, I guess the word is, right, and belief systems, conditioned in how to, uh, how to be in the world, how to survive, right, how to survive in the world. And that really looked like for a lot of us, and I, you know, I would love for you to share what it looked like for you growing up, um, but for me growing up, it looked like you work until all the work is done, right? You don't, you don't rest until all the work's done. And the work's usually not ever all done. And right. you don't, and you definitely don't take a nap or you don't, like, you don't break in the middle of the day. Um, you shovel your oh. lunch in. You don't break in the middle of the day unless you're sick, like yeah. really sick. And you better go to work unless you're really sick. Otherwise, if you stay at home and play hooky or, you know, you're going to feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like that. I like to call it pretending to be superhuman. Um, that's, yeah. I think that's one of the biggies, right, that a lot of us um, are needing to shift, on, you know, shift that belief system. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's pretending to be superhuman, and it's also, I see it as kind of the uh, – 
the the end uh, kind of still some of the lagging effects of the industrial revolution. Um, yes. Because I I don't you know when we were back when we were hunter gatherers you know I think there was more leisure more like walking through the fields as you're looking for food right um, and then. But it's really, I think, in the Industrial Revolution, probably, that we started getting this really intense, like, drive, drive, drive. You just have to work from, you know, sunrise to sundown. That and, well, you know, I also think of my grandparents as um, yeah, farmers. The you know, my, my, yep. my grandparents were dairy farmers, and my grandfather's saying was the cows don't know it's Christmas or your birthday. And so, oh my God, my grandparents you know, are, were dairy farmers, too. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, the cows don't know it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The cows don't know it's Christmas. And so you don't take breaks until the work is done. And I yeah. definitely grew up with that, and I think I'm not unique. I think, as, as you're saying, you know, we're in, we're coming out still of this very intense, you know, post-industrial revolution world, you know, and, and very masculine world, you know, where, where business was a, uh, a man's world and it was done in a very masculine kind of... And dog-eat-dog. Uh, dog-eat-dog, yep. dog, hunt, go for the hunt kind of a way. But, you know, the hunt is never over. You know, if you're actually hunting, you, you go, you got the moose, and then, <laughs> you know, you come back home. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I do think that it's, it's an ancestral inherited belief and programming. And then, you know, it gets hammered in, you know, I got so much uh, appreciation and approval and celebration when I brought a great report card home. So I definitely learned that getting good grades was the thing to do. And so I learned that I wouldn't play until my homework was done and I wouldn't take breaks as a little girl you know, I, I didn't enjoy my weekends if my homework wasn't done. Isn't that crazy? And as a kid, and you better get an A. And you better get an yeah. A. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got a, so <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got so programmed. To, my my dad was, you know, that was my dad's kind of love expression. He was so proud of me when I got, you know, straight A's. So I was super self motivated. You know, I wasn't. I didn't realize it then. You know, I loved getting the A's because I was going to get the, uh, the the affection. I was going to get the love, you know. So you bring up, I'm so happy. Um, I, I had that very, I think we have had a lot of similar experiences. But, yeah, I really, really got it hammered into that kind of achieving, overachieve. Um, you know, when you do that, you're going to get love and praise. Um, and as a little girl, you know, whether it's mom or dad or a little boy, I mean, we, as children, we want, we, we want that. We need that growing up. And um, I also call that um, people pleasing, right? We, we very much learn to people right. please. And um, yeah. even at the expense of ourselves, right? So you learn to right. push yourself. You learn to go, 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 do, do, do um, as a child, as I did, as many, I'm sure many people listening here have, that same experience and again right. it's about really looking at that and, and beginning to yeah. uh, dissolve those beliefs right and, and you know it's interesting that you call it people pleasing because it is to a great extent you know um it's people pleasing in one way or another whether it's directly to please them through your actions or through your achievement you know i hadn't thought about it in that way but it's also the inherent thing underneath that is that we're not worthy unless we're yeah. receiving the praise and, and the celebration, the admiration, the, you know, acclaim or whatever it is. And so what underlies it the is promotion too. a lack of the promotion. Right. Yeah. The promotion. Exactly. The, and you know, there's, there's a lack of self-worth and if we're not worthy, well, that's the thing that most profoundly undermines our health and our physical well-being. Absolutely. And why would you nurture? If you don't think you're worth it, why would you nurture your body? Right? Why would you take the time to nurture your body if you don't feel worthy? And so, yeah, that's, that's a huge piece. Um, again, many of us growing up learned because of maybe abuse or trauma or criticism. Um, and it could be very subtle. I know a lot of my clients had very subtle 
criticism or emotional neglect in their families. And they learned because of that, um, I shouldn't say they learned, they came up with the story. My, right. you know, my needs must not be important. Right. Right. Because I was criticized or these other even worse things happened. And, um, and again, that impacts the kind of care we give ourselves on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, the combination of things between that and the drive to achieve and to work, 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 the imbalance, you know, we just get into uh, into a habit of a, a collection of habits, you know, how we live our lives that we don't even realize that we're not taking care of ourselves. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we know we're we're not t- doing a very good job. But for the most part, I think it's it's even invisible. And we, you know, I remember when I started. Well, my my health started going downhill in college. But I remember, you know, when I first started to realize that my health was up to me, that my doctors weren't had no answers, that it wasn't going to work that way, and that I needed to figure it out for myself. I just realized I had I had to think really hard about what self-care meant for me. I had nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I just, yeah. I had nothing. I, I got up, had had a breakfast, went to work, came home, had dinner, went to bed. <laughs> Sometimes I exercised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, weekends, whatever, there's a party or you're just kind of crashing because, and this was in my 20s, right? Or, you know, you have some social yeah. activity. But um, I had nothing, and I didn't even know where to start. And so it's invisible to us, like, what does it even mean to nurture ourselves, to take care of ourselves between, you know, the self-criticism, the negative self-talk, the relentless, you know, grind, the, you know, the things that we think we're supposed to be doing, you know, just like we're, we don't even realize that we're oh, at the back of the... Yeah you know, at the bottom of the of the list, that we're totally neglecting no. ourselves. And our- yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, again, I like that you brought that up. It's not to beat ourselves up for it. It's, you know, many of us don't know until we know, because growing up, we didn't see our parents do it. You know, exactly. I didn't, I didn't see like growing up, you know, in terms of nutrition, um, I grew up on, even though my grandparents were farmers, I grew up on processed food. Um, right. You know, so I didn't I didn't have, you know, I that was a piece of it for me is really looking at my food. I didn't see my parents move their bodies for enjoyment. I saw my mom exercise, right, to lose weight. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, ah, right. Like I got to go and exercise in order to lose weight. Yeah. It's like this big chore. Right. Um, and I don't think my mom got a massage until she was until I probably bought her one as an adult. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't think she ever had a massage until, yeah, wow. until I was an adult. So, you know, it's those role models. And, and like we talked about before, yeah. my dad would not, my dad would not stop unless, you know, he'd work, 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 work until it was done. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Well, really that was being a role model, too. Dad, my God, he worked so hard. And my dad's saying is fun is work and work is more fun. And the thing. Oh, my thing God. I, <laughs> oh, easy, huh? And when I, I remember hearing that and being just like mortified, petrified. I don't even know what the right word. I was like, what? You know, just flabbergasted that that's what his saying was. But later in life, I realized that the thing that ha- that happened for him is that he was actually doing something he loved. And that for him, his work brought him an incredible amount of joy and pleasure and mental, you know, excitement and challenges that he was really, it, it would just really suited him. And so I didn't have that. I was just driving, kind of following the role model of what I was perceiving, but I never, ever, and it, you know, it, their messages were, you have to find a job that, you know, pays well, a career that pays well. <laughs> Yeah, it was like yeah. like everybody, yeah. the majority, right? I never heard anything about joy, looking for your joy, your pleasure, your enjoyment. None of that. My mom was no. a little bit better. My mom was like, "What do you like?" You know, she was trying to get me to study art because she thought I really loved art. That wouldn't have not that would have not been the right choice for me. But she was, and Dad was like, "You can't make money with art." 
Yeah, isn't that interesting? So, it, it was. It was all about money. What do you What do you do to make money? What do you right. do to survive in the world? What's needed? Not like, oh, I wonder what my purpose is. Um, right. And realizing yeah. when we work at a job that we don't like, that is not nurturing your body. Your body's going to suffer yeah. when you are working at a job you don't like. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I think what I'd like us to get into is because I know that there's like two pieces here. One of them is what does it look like to nurture your body? And so I think it probably would be helpful for us to go through, um, you know, what each of our maybe daily routines are to nurture our bodies. I bet you're going to have some similarities. And then I think the yeah. other important piece is I think a lot of people do know what to do, but then yeah. they've got these belief systems that are keeping them from doing it. So I'd like to do, I'd like to use the rest of our time and then of course take some questions at the end if people have them to to move through those two areas. How do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so what does it look like? So ball in your court, what does it look like for you um, now that you've had all this experience, you know, with the things that you needed to overcome? What does it look like? What do you do daily in order Daily, I kind of look at it as daily, weekly, monthly. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't do everything, right? I don't, I don't get a massage no, every day, no, even though, I, you know, it might be nice, but. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the thought of thinking of daily, weekly, or monthly, or something like that um, is right along the lines of what I was thinking because um, I've got some examples of things that I've done recently that I don't necessarily do all the time. But um, so what it looks like. You know, for me, it's interesting because the first thing that for me nurtures my body that isn't necessarily the thing that you would think about the body is my morning meditation and quiet time because mm. it's it's the time that I center myself, that, you know, I get myself in alignment, that, you know, I remind myself of the truths of of being, you know, universal truths of being. And so it's, um, you know, it's become a fundamental practice for me that is, you know, one of the cornerstones of my health. And, you know, that morning practice, that morning meditation varies through over time. You know, at times it's been kind of a morning pages writing type of, you know, morning. Other times it's, um, doing my own guided visualization meditation that I recorded for myself or some, you know, different things or reading, you know, Course in Miracles or things like that. So my morning practice for sure. And the other thing, the next thing is uh, exercise, obviously working out. I'm a morning workout person. So mm -hmm. I love starting my day. Uh, and I don't work out every day. That's the other thing that I like telling people. It's like, I am not an obsessive perfectionist about any of these things. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I go with the flow of what is feeling right in the moment. So this morning I worked out. <laughs> Tomorrow I think I'm going to go as well. So I go a few times a week. Um, but just the feeling of getting my body moving and, um, I love one of the things that gets me feeling amazing is stretching. Uh, going to a yoga class here and there, um, but the stretching gets me into a place of noticing how my flexibility improves over time, and and not necessarily like from today till tomorrow, but like I notice how I'm more flexible today than when I started doing yoga in my 20s, and that's kind of exciting because I'm in my 40s, so I'm like, yay, I'm doing better in my 40s than I was in my 20s, so... Um, <laughs> So the movement piece, which connects me with something that I do, you know, more on a weekly, bi-weekly, sometimes a little less often than that, but it's hiking, getting out in nature. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I did a hike out here. I live in Vermont, and I did one of my favorite hikes that is about, it's a pretty steep, hard hike. It takes almost two hours to get to the top of this mountain. And uh, I stopped in the middle, and it was the middle of nowhere on this trail and just sat on the rocks and, mm. you know, took in the, you know, 
clean air, surrounded by trees, looking out at the view, knowing that there was very low possibility that anybody was going to come and just totally soak that in. And it was such a gift. Um, and I do it. The other piece, too, that I often tell my clients when we're doing these things, to do it with the full intention and the full awareness of how beneficial it is because it's like it multiplies that exponentially, you know? It's like you're doing yeah. something that's good for you, and then you think, oh, yeah, my body's loving this, you know? And so it just kind of magnifies it. Um, so so movement, uh, some sort of stillness, quiet practice. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned food earlier. Um, that was when I started my journey to to try to heal my body and sort things out. That was one of the first tools that I really took very seriously. Seriously, but also with playfulness, you know, not serious as in, you know, hard and strict and boring. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, like, yeah, looking I think at that's food a good point, healing, too. Yeah. Yeah, that it, because I, I do not do well with hard rules. I, I, the minute that I say I'm not having this, it's the minute that I want it. <laughs> so, oh I my don't God, you are well. speaking my language. <laughs> I, yeah, I hate the word diet. So I like talking about what me I need more of, you know, yeah. oh, let me get excited about juicing, green juices, and let me get excited about my smoothies and let me see what are all the anti-inflammatory foods because I learned for, well, for most things we need to, you know, my acne in particular, but most things, you know, our health issues of the modern times have a lot to do with inflammation. So, you know, learning yeah. to use food to lower inflammation and learning to use food to strengthen our digestion. So looking at food as healing and how can I make this delicious, beautiful, playful, exciting? You know, I love, for example, putting my juices and my smoothies in gorgeous, you know, wine glasses or martini glasses or, you know, just to have fun with it. Um, oh, I like so that. So food for healing. <laughs> Say that again. Well, and I do think, and I do, I, I love that. And I do think I want to pause here for a moment and just really drive home that nutrition is, definitely a piece to nurturing and healing your body. Um, you know, and I cover that with my peeps too and, and learn that. And on the flip side, I do feel um, that's one of the things I've had to work on with many of my clients is not being so strict to the point yeah. where they're stressing themselves out, which, so you can eat the best food in the world, but if you're then so strict that it's stressing you out, yeah. then it's actually going against what we're, what we're really trying to do. So, uh, yeah, I don't believe in the all or nothing strict perfection, you know, like you can never have this again or, you know, the world's going to (laughs) end. Exactly. Yeah. And unless you have a peanut allergy, right. Or, you know, shellfish allergy. Unless you're you're going to die. Anaphylactic shock. Right. Yeah. But we both know what we're talking about, right. I think that the minute that we start to add this, hardness and this heaviness to the idea of food, I think it starts to be counterproductive. You know, uh, Anita Morjani is popping to mind. I'm sure you know Anita Morjani and her books. So she, Anita Morjani, wrote Dying to Be Me. And, you know, and recently she, uh, her more recent book is What If This Is Heaven, also phenomenal. And in both books, she mentions how before she got diagnosed with stage four lymphoma and had her near-death experience, essentially dying of cancer and all of that, before she got diagnosed with cancer, she was a fervent vegetarian. She would do green juices every day. She was, you know, following her healthy lifestyle to a T, and she got cancer. And she realized that the fear underlining or underlying her healthy choices was undoing anything positive that she was doing. And so when our food choices are so hard and so strict that when you stop and think about it, oh, this is actually coming from fear, then, geez, might as well well have the Twinkie, (laughs) you know? 
like you might as well eat you might as well eat that chocolate cake because <laughs> exactly maybe not the Twinkie not the Twinkie but you know eat the chocolate cake right and it, the precisely dark chocolate cake. to that yeah Just yeah kidding. precisely <laughs> to that point <laughs> um, she then says that after her near death experience. She's a lot more relaxed about it all, about her food. She says, of course, I still eat healthy, because, but I do it because I love myself. I eat healthy because I want to give my body the best food ever. But I also go out with my husband and have a glass of wine. And, you know, in the summer we have ice cream and walk on the beach because who doesn't love some ice cream on the beach, right? And so yeah. it's that sort of attitude. Absolutely. And when you're eating, you know, I think this is another important piece, whatever you're eating, if it's quote unquote, you know, ice cream or the chocolate or, you know, you're letting yourself have those treats every, you know, whenever you feel that you want right. to have those, you know, in moderation, I like to talk about moderation um, in my, in my yeah. programs, but, but it's like, be aware of what you're saying about what you're eating. Right. Because right. like you said, if you're, you know, whether it's fear or whether you're beating up yourself for eating something while you're eating it up, um, eating yeah, it, exactly. then that's going to affect, that's going to affect the energy, how it's energetically going to be taken care of in the body. Right. So it can be exactly. healing or it can be another negative thing that's happening. You know, I remember when I first got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, this nurse recommended the MS diet book. And mm -hmm. because, um, you know, one of the things I needed to, to work on to, to heal was releasing perfection. Like I went through this year of like just following this book to a T and mm -hmm. it stressed me out and I kept getting worse. And yeah. it was like, oh, I really need to loosen up on the perfection in the, you know, the right or wrong. And, this, you know, I, I really got to look at the stress, particularly when it came to food. Um, Right. And what I was doing to myself, you know? Yeah. I absolutely. Important. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. you know, I, I've written about it recently on my blog where, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. The same action on the outside, you know, the same green juice, the same plate of veggies, the same quote-unquote healthy diet can have dramatically different effects if it's driven by fear or if it's driven by love. Yeah. And so Absolutely. it's better to relax about all the rules and have, you know, I like to tell my clients, let's do the 80-20 approach. That's what 80% I do. of the time you, <laughs> oh, that, oh, my God. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's too funny. There's just so much. I know. Yeah, so 80% of the time you take the best care of yourself, driven by all the love because you're, you're just giving your body all of this goodness to work with. And then 20% of the time, do whatever the hell you want and enjoy it. Eat the chocolate yeah. cake, you know, the ice cream. No guilt. Drink the glass of wine. Savor it. You know, soak it up. Enjoy the moment. No guilt. Yeah. Zero guilt. Guilt causes, guilt causes just like fear, right? Just like fear, anger, guilt. Yeah. Guilt causes it's a lot of punishment. It's like, oh my yeah. God, I shouldn't have done this. Oh my God, what if bad, something that's bad is going to happen because I ate this, right? Right, absolutely. So you're here, hear us, hear us loud and clear, people. 80 20, moderation, get rid of the word diet because yeah. that doesn't work. Diets don't work, not long term. And no. um, really, really looking at it as nourishing yourself your body and with love it's really it's loving it's a part of loving yourself right it's a yeah. part of loving yourself and and I think the other thing too Morella and I don't know if you run into this I know I did and I still do with my people um that oh this is supposed to be the thing that you know if you have this disease or this illness you should oh, eat I this know. or you should right. take the supplement and I'm like wait a minute like maybe but also, you need everyone's body is different, even if you have the same quote unquote illness or disease. And yeah. it's still, it's it, all our bodies are different. So really learning to um, get in tune, in touch with your body and its wisdom, and asking it, you know, is do you need right. this supplement? And if so, how much? Or is this food going to be, 
you know, whether it's whether you do it with muscle testing or, you know, however you do it, but really, really learning that it just because, you know, drives me crazy. All people with cancer should eat this food. Really? Right. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, I think, you know, akin to that, you know, similar to that is the uh, idea that this food, you know, food X will eliminate symptom Y still comes right. from, you know, our, our symptom elimination, well, not our, but the Western medicine mentality of uh, symptom elimination. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, this supplement will help with that. It's just coming from that mindset. And I completely agree with you that we're all highly individual. Our, you know, you know, and of course, I, I, I know you touch on this as well. You know, it's not just the food. It's what mm-hmm. else is going on in your life? You know, what are your, what are your beliefs? What are the um, in learned or inherited beliefs about your health um, that are, and even your health and your, as we've touched on, your, your self-care behaviors? What are the emotions underlying uh, your, your health um you know, your health issues. And that's one of the things that what I wanted to mention, something that I've done recently, so it's not necessarily part of my regular kind of body nurturing, but um, recently I was connecting with some stuck energy in my in my neck and my back and how, you know, there was, I tend to have this pattern of holding tension in behind in my shoulders and my behind my heart and my neck. And so I've just been plugging into that and saying, okay, body, what is it that you're telling me about this? And so I've been doing a lot of journaling and some of my own processes. And I don't know if you are sharing uh, the tool that I, the um, getting to the heart of the issue tool that I sent you. I don't know. But anyway, I have this process that I call getting to the heart of the issue. And so it helps me, you know, go step by step deeper into what it is that my body's trying to tell me, you know, from symptoms to thought to like the emotions and all of that. So I I uncovered some of the, you know, kind of inherited ancestral grief and hopelessness that I've been carrying from, you know, generations ago, all around Mm. my, my throat and my shoulders. And, you know, as I connected with it, it was like my body was saying, I really need some body work. And it wasn't just any massage. It wasn't just, and it was just my body saying, no, you need, you need something really deep. You need to work with someone who has that gift of body work, but understanding like deeper into the body. And so I asked a couple people, I asked an acupuncturist that I, there's a friend and she said, oh, this is a guy, he does um, myofascial release. He is super, super mm-hmm. gifted to go see him. And so I had a two hour, you know, it was kind of an investment and I had this two hour unbelievable session, the most profound bodywork session I have ever had where, you know, there were tears and there was emotional release, but there was also like a, a different level of nurturing my body where it's like I was allowing my body to speak and be held in the way it needed in order to let go of some of this stuff. And so oh, that's a that's different awesome. level yeah, yeah, it was it's been amazing. So it's a different level of nurturing the body. So like you say, there are the daily things and the fun things yeah. and then there's the times when the body's just so clearly speaking and saying, Hey, I really need yeah. I really need something more here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah, we're kinda of hitting on the basics, right? The nutrition, the movement. Um, is yeah. important every day for me too. Um, but doing it again, it, like with moderation, because I used to be, I used to move, you know, excessively. Like I'd exercise four hours a day, like crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, like I went through that whole bullshit. But anyways, the whole also bringing up this other what I call healing body work, right? Or nurturing your body with right. it's more of like healing, right? It's like a yeah. healing modality, um, and. I think, you know, our body, if we ask and listen, right, like you're talking about, it's like, oh, my God, my neck. Or for me recently, I kind of had an experience 
a similar experience as you. It wasn't my neck, though. It was actually my, like, my hip slash groin area. And it was an yeah. area that I hadn't, I hadn't had an issue with for a really long time. And it was like, oh, it was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on here? I didn't injure myself. Like, nothing yeah. happened. And it was like, oh, my gosh. So, like you, we do a lot of the, you know, the journaling, the asking your body, meditating and asking your body. And it was like, same thing. It was like, you need to go get some deeper work done. And this is a past, you know, a past life slash also this lifetime issue. And mine actually had to do with um control and sexual abuse and yeah. it was like oh I need to go find somebody right this is something like I can do a lot of things on my own and I know you can too but right. there's also that like you know you got to reach out for support sometimes too to nurture your body right and um yeah. so yeah I had someone who it was a cranial sacral uh type work and um like you just had very deep release and was able to unwind or release more from that area that I thought was gone, but <laughs> obviously it right. wasn't. Um, so kind of remembering that too, you guys, that, yeah, we can do all these things to on our own, right, with food and movement and, of course, rest, um, which we've talked about meditation, taking naps. Um, of course, sleep is a part of that, um, getting enough sleep, um, but also reaching out and the body sometimes needs that special certain body work or I know one of my clients recently is going um, I've never have you done the float tank Morella? I have um well I it's it's kind of it's not the total sensory deprivation float tank but I have done yeah. a, a float uh, a float yeah. experience are you talking about the Some total sensory deprivation yeah yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've had people that have done both, right? The, the, the heavy duty, um, right. sensory deprivation, and then I guess the light version. Um, for some people, that they find that very relaxing. Or in my case, it was not relaxing. It actually stirred up a bunch of trauma. But that, <laughs> I guess, was meant oh to wow, yeah, I can, I can see go, that. Right? <laughs> yeah, the one that I did was a floating tank. It was kind of this body wrap, and then they just sink you in this perfectly temperature water. You're, but you're in this cocoon where you can't move, and it was heavenly, totally transported. Mm. It was kind of like you know womb-like, but it wasn't the you know the black tank where you can't see anything. That you're just totally traveling, and, and I can totally see how that could bring up stuff for people, but. The uh, the float tank, the kind of light float tank is wonderful. At least I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just mentioning that because I know that's another thing that a lot of people like is um, the float tank. And um, I think, yeah, and just to kind of drive it home a little bit more too, I think that nature piece, I yeah. think most of us, um, and it's funny that we're ta we are talking about it. I sent an email out to my my community today and it, the focus was nature it says nature is calling and I know for me yeah. it sounds like for you too that one of the biggest pieces to healing my body was to be outside um, a lot more you know as a child I was outside all the time but as I yeah. turned into the overachieving striving adult you know right. I was you know I would work late um, I might go to, to move my body, and if I did, it usually was in the gym. It wasn't outside. And, um, yeah, I knew that that was one of the things that really needed to change to heal my body. So I get outside every single day, no matter what the weather is. Um, right. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's 60. Sometimes it's a couple hours if I'm hiking, like, yeah. like you mentioned. So I think... You know, one of the big things I just want people to hear and take away, if there's nothing else, is really getting outside in nature every day. Because nature is about ease and going with the flow. And it's it's just so, um, I know you and me and everyone, mostly everyone listening is a sensitive person. And I think yeah. our bodies, unconsciously, we take on so much, right? And when we get out in nature, that helps to release all that. Well, and in Japan, I think they call it foresting or something like that, where oh, cool. it, it, yeah, it's, you know, and they've studied it, you know, just spending 10 minutes surrounded by trees yeah. or in some sort of 
contact with nature has, you know, noticeably immeasurable uh, physiological effects, you know, and just in oxygen levels and nervous system response and like all sorts of different markers. And as you said, you know, it, it just even subconsciously, it's like our bodies find themselves uh, more easily just by the fact that we're in nature and we're, you know, kind of realigning to the natural flow of life that we've divorced ourselves mm -hmm. from. You know, I, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you mentioned something. Way too much. Yeah. Way too much. In front of computer screens, you know, under electric, electric lights, you know, just, yeah. yeah. We don't think of ourselves as part of nature. We think that nature mm -hmm. is outside. We're not a part of it. We're, we're just as much part of nature as every other animal on the planet. But we've created this, you know, artificial life. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't mean to cut you off. There was something else you were going to touch on. Oh, no, it's because you had a few minutes ago you mentioned sleep and um <laughs> maybe this is a, a reminder in my super busy getting ready to launch my new program thing um i need it's a reminder for me because i wasn't even thinking about sleep but you know i i see an acupuncturist pretty regularly so that's another way in which i nurture my body and it, mm. it keeps me you know um having conversations with him and and getting that regular self-care just always brings me back to to being reminded of what I want to be doing for myself. So, but he says that uh, everybody needs 8 hours. He says categorically, everybody needs 8 hours and if you're healing or if you're stressed, then you need 9 or 10. Yep. And so Absolutely. that is so bold because in our in our modern world, like, oh, you know, anywhere between six to eight, you know, most adults are getting six or seven at best. And he says, no, everybody. Five. If you're healthy, <laughs> everybody needs eight. If you're not healthy, you need more than that. Yeah, and I think that's – thank you for saying that because I rest is one of those things that we fight it. Right. We fight it because, again, oh, yeah. we we're, we're, we're conditioned like you don't take a nap or you don't take a break during the day unless you're sick. And mm -hmm. I've had to put it in my practice. It's my it's one of my what I call my daily non-negotiable self-care. Um, and I take a nap every day for yeah. 20 to 30 minutes. I listen to one of my guided meditation practices. So sometimes I fall asleep to it. Sometimes I'm just laying there and I'm awake. It doesn't matter. But I lay down. You know, even yeah. I have no MS symptoms anymore, like that is so in my past, but I know that in order to stay healthy, right, mentally, right. physically, emotionally, I need to tell my superhuman, we're going to go lay down now for 20 to 30 minutes, and guess what? It's going to help us be more productive, a greater contribution, um, and help us to do all the other superhuman things you want to do, right? The good things that you want to do, exactly. but you still need that balance and you need to lay down and rest. <laughs> yep. Well, and the crazy thing is, is that we've heard other people say this until we do it. We, we have heard other people say, take the nap, take the break, rest, sleep longer, don't work so many hours. And you're going to see that when you do work, you're going to be more productive. We've, I heard that. So many yep. times, but I, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And still, I would drive myself into the ground until mm -hmm. I started practicing it. And then yeah. the, <laughs> the, of course, crazy thing is like, oh, my God, not only am I more productive, it's like everything flows. You know, what would have maybe taken me an hour might now only take me 15 minutes. You know, Absolutely. I, I just had an example of that today. I, you know, for, I was doing a video, trying to, to do a video for, for this program, the welcome video. Everything's ready, so I'm putting a welcome video on this program. And I, I was stumbling. I was, you know, having to stop and re-record, stop and re-record, stop and re-record until finally I said, you know what, I, what are you doing? You need to take a nap. 
This is not happening. I could spend another hour trying to, you know, force myself to do it. And so like, okay, stop, turn it off. So I took my nap. So I'm going to do my video first thing tomorrow. And I'm like, this will be so much better. I will be well rested. I can guarantee it's going to take me five minutes. I spent already like 30 minutes today kind of struggling with it. It's like, stop. It's not supposed to happen right now. Stop forcing it. Good catching yourself. And it does take practice, you guys, like Marilla's talking about. Like, you know, it's not like I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing this. And I did it consistently every day. I I had quite a few falling off the wagon, right? I mean, first of all, it even took me to get a, a chronic illness in order to, to even look at changing the way I was doing things. So I know many of you are in that boat. But then to like consistently keep it up, I mean, there would still be days in the past where I'd be like, oh, I don't need a nap today. I'm doing fine. And then I'd work through the day, wouldn't take a break. And then I would be burnt out and having MS symptoms again. And I'm like, shit, I should have taken the nap. Right. Like, right. so it's, it's going to take practice. Um, it's building new habits, right? It's, it's building Absolutely. new habits and catching yourself like you did today. Yeah. It's like catching yourself. Yeah, exactly. And saying, Time for a nap, Morella. <laughs> I know. I know better than this. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? Who just because took you over? <laughs> the taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the old, you know, inbred farmer in me was just plowing through the day. No, oh, no. my gosh. What a metaphor. <laughs> so, how do we, so I know that we don't have a ton of time left, and I, I do want to um, talk about your free gift, but I just want to spend a minute or two before we do that. and. You know, what? what is something that you can share with people? Because we talked about a lot of different ways to nurture ourselves, but how do we shift those belief systems? How do you work on shifting those belief systems that keep you stuck in those non, that could keep you stuck, right, in those non-nurturing patterns? And yeah. Habits? Yeah, and that question it can actually be a great segue to to the gift that I, I sent for your, for your listeners, your tribe. Um, and it's what I have found really helps me shift the beliefs is first um, getting to the core of finding what's what's the belief that's really active. Because, you know, for example, I love Louise Hay. I'm sure I, I know you know and work uh, mm-hmm. uh, know Louise Hay well and all. And I'm sure everybody on this call has heard of her. Um, it was her birthday so yesterday. Hay has, Oh, that's right. Yes, it was. Happy birthday, Louise. Um, Happy birthday, Louise. We're talking about you. She knows. Of course she does. She's probably here. Of course, which is why I'm mentioning her. So so Louise Hay is right here, always near my desk, and I consult with her often and with whether I'm working with a client or whatever. And, of course, there are all of these wonderful affirmations, and sometimes they really hit home, and they can help to start to kind of uh, map your way towards a new belief, right? But what I have found for me and for many of my clients helps us get to the core and, like, get get more traction more quickly is to to start looking at what what might be the belief in here. And so, so the the gift that I, I sent for everyone listening to this to to be able to take advantage of and, and and benefit from is what I call getting to the to the heart of the issue, and it's the seven step kind of exercise, writing exercise, going step by step through the different dimensions of what we're experiencing in our bodies, from the physical. Um, symptoms or sensations to then what are the emotions about what's happening to what are the life experiences I've had to what are the thoughts and beliefs I'm having. And when you kind of follow that, and then there's also the the ancestral piece, you know, what might we be getting from past generations? And I have found Mm -hmm. that when I follow that thread of thinking, and, you know, processing and it's all done through writing, it's, you know, nine times out of ten, well, I should say, when I follow that line of thinking, that process, it typically leads me 
to a profound um, underlying belief in, in, you know, with a certain nuance or a certain wording that I may have missed before. And I've found my clients have mentioned that, that that writing exercise really helps them get deep. And then from that core belief, then we can say, okay, so what's the opposite of that? Or how can we create a, an affirmation or a statement that we know to be true that can help us shift out of that? Um, yeah. So that's one it's of that the reprogramming. It's yeah, that exactly. Right. That's. I mean, that's really what we're doing, and and it sounds like we do um, some similar belief system work. You know, you got to discover what it is first, right? What is what is right. that belief? And I talk about three main ones: the perfection, the people pleasing, the pretending to be superhuman. And it's like, first you got to discover what it is, and then once you got it, it's like, yeah, you got what? What would be the opposite or the truth? And then it's like you yeah. got to continue writing saying it, speaking it to yourself, that part of you who believes that, you know, unless it does that, that non-nurturing thing, you're going to die. It's like continuing right. to, to reprogram it in all those ways we're talking about, right. um, you know, while we're like you're saying, trying to change the action, you know. Exactly. And like you're saying, you know, writing it, saying it, um, and I know you do this as well, recording it for yourself and listening to it, you know, before bed. It could be part of, a, you know, a, a meditation. meditation or um, so all of these ways where you start to own it and feel it. I, I like and I also guide my clients through, you know, uh, a process to anchor those new beliefs and those new statements and, and getting into the, phys the, the physiological feeling of what that new belief feels like you know what is it like to Absolutely. have a belief that you know your your body is vibrant that your body is powerful that your cells are wired for thriving and for healing you know whatever it is that you make it to be mm, I think it's so important yeah however and I know some people like tapping too I don't care for that but I prefer more gentle belief mm -hmm. shifting, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you guys, there's so many ways out there. So whether it's, you know, whether it's Morella's way or my way, try, just keep trying things, right? Because oftentimes too, like there's different combinations for different people. Um, you know, yeah, some people exactly. like to like to do the writing, they like to do the more conscious things. Some people like to listen to whether it's, you know, hypnosis like you do or the guided meditation like I do. Um, it's really finding, but it's it's using something to help discover and shift those beliefs. I think that is essential to, to change your behaviors, yeah. right? To to have that yeah. those new habits. Um, so you guys, you can receive Morella's um, wonderful gift, Heart Get to the Heart of the Health Issue. If you're on the webcast and you are live right now, you can hit the button on the top that says Morella's Gift, and that'll take you to the page where it lives. And you can sign up for that. If you are on the phone right now, or if you are listening later on via iTunes or Podbean, the easiest way to go and get Morella's gift is to go to tanyapenny.com and click on podcast. And you'll scroll down just a little bit and you'll see her smiling face, her beautiful smiling <laughs> face, as well as um, the replay for this will be up shortly after we're done today. And then right below the replay will be the link to her gift. And um, on there, I kept it short and sweet. I called it Heart of Health Gift. Um, yep. So Sounds make good. sure you go and, yeah, so make sure you go and grab that. And then if you haven't, which I know that many of you maybe have already, um, also um, grab my free gift, the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit. And it tells you all about the 10 keys. It's a 10 key blueprint guide an audio lesson to walk you through all 10 keys, and one of my secret tools, which I've talked about a little bit today, the guided therapeutic meditation practice, which helps to shift the beliefs and release the emotions and all that good stuff. So make sure you go grab those gifts, you guys, and re-listen to this. This had a lot of good stuff in it today um, that I know your mind is going to maybe need to hear again and again so you can give yourself permission to nurture your body. Um, and Morella, do you have any, thank you so much for being here today. And do you have any little nugget 
like any parting last words or a little nugget of wisdom you want to leave people with today? Yes. Laughter. Mm. Laughter. <laughs> um, I, and it's, it's just been a new thing. Um, I, I went to, I interviewed someone on my podcast on my show last week, two weeks ago, and then I went to her workshop last week and she does laughter yoga. And so oh. it's been, it's been really transformative because I've always known this to be true and I practiced it even before I knew there was a thing called laughter yoga, which is laughing for no reason and making yourself laugh, you know, you just go ha 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 and yeah. you start laughing. And, you know, there's a million, if you do laughter yoga, there's a bunch of different fun exercises, tools to get you laughing. But laughter yoga, it's, or not laughter yoga, laughter is instantaneously uh, a shift in your nervous system, in your cells, in your mood. It automatically shifts you into a new state of being that is absolutely nurturing for your health, for your well-being, your, you know, emotional, mental, everything. Core for an abundant uh, yeah. life. Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned that. I think humor and laughter are so important. And even if you feel weird, I remember I was at one of my, my meditation trainings and they had us do this laughter thing you're talking about, right? Where you're in a group and one person starts laughing. We weren't doing yoga. We were just laying on the ground, like sitting, laying. Um, after our meditation, and all of a sudden, my instructor starts laughing, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. And we're all looking at him like he's freaking lost it, right? And he doesn't care. <laughs> he just keeps laughing. Like, we didn't know he was going to do that. And and all of a sudden, like, and there's a, probably 50 of us in this room. All of a sudden, and I noticed I was one of the last people, one of the last people to let it go. And that, you know because of being criticized a lot growing up, I guess I had to get over that, like being looked like looking yeah. silly or whatever, but it right. was so freeing to do that. And I, I incorporate laughter as much as I can. Um, you know, even if you listen to this podcast, you probably notice or other ones, I laugh kind of a lot, but I think it's a good thing to do that. Like it's helped me. I know that. So yeah, thank you for absolutely. That up. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's amazing. And you know, I I was always, as a little girl, I was really easy to laugh. Well, I still am. I'm very easy to laugh. Like, I laugh at, at just plain silliness. Um, but it's just fascinating to see what you're saying, that, you know, as we grow up and we're socialized into needing a reason to laugh and to, yeah. you know, in, in all of the self-judgment or other people's judgment, you know, can can take out the lightness from from our lives and you know the more that we can just fear of laugh, judgment even yeah fear yeah. of judgment the more that yeah. we can laugh for no reason even if we're feeling like we're looking silly even if there's nobody else in the room i mean that is it, it, it's so powerful yeah and if you guys feel weird about it just start by looking in the mirror and smiling at yourself yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like just just doing that because it does. It'll shift your mood. Um, yeah, yeah, I think laughter is one of the greatest healers of the body. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And just thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom that you did today, Morella. And I'm just grateful that uh, grateful to have you on the show today and that, that you could be with oh, us. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for you uh, welcoming me and... You know, obviously, this is both our purpose. You know, we are in, we're living our purpose by, you know, sharing our stories, sharing what we've learned, sharing how um, others can do the same and, and providing what we can. And so any opportunity to, to be in my purpose is a gift. And so I thank you for that as well. Mm, you are so welcome. And um, thank you to everyone who's here live or listening um, to the replay, whether it's on my website, iTunes or Podbean or gosh, any other platforms that are that are out there that, that it goes out to. I just want to thank you to everybody for being here um, on Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. And feel free, if you know someone that needs a little more support to nurture their body, feel free to share this um, 
this important conversation with them. And my little nugget is, um, gosh, just remember progress, not perfection, right? I think oftentimes we get hard on ourselves for not making big shifts overnight. And it's really taking those baby steps and remembering that change takes time, healing takes time, and really everything will unfold in divine time. Um, just continue to take those baby steps and have a lot of compassion um, for yourself and, of course, for those around you. So thank you, everyone, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of the week. And stay tuned for there's going to be one more conversation in October. And it's going to be a surprise who it is because I don't yet know. <laughs> I had a space open up. I had a space open up. So, Morella, if you know of anyone, go ahead and email me. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll have another surprise guest this month. I'm sure um, whoever it is will be divine. And, um, yeah, God bless everyone. And hopefully I will see you guys, talk to you, support you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit TanyaPenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.